Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. <sighs> the beauty of what I get to do is I get to pick who I talk to, when I talk to them, what we talk about, and all kinds of things. Sometimes it's good to be the queen, I think. What do you mean sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> Joining me today is my dear friend and colleague, Mr. Mm. Brian Honeycutt. And we could spend half of this episode talking about all of his accomplishments and amazing things that he has done in his life, including shooting and hitting targets without looking. But that's a whole other episode that we can do on all of those things. But Right now, he is an executive coach for ETI, and uh, he's Profit First certified. He is certified in executive coaching. He is certified in E3 employee engagement things. He facilitates some 20 groups. One of them is a second-in-command 20 group and really grooming those people to take over and fulfill their destinies of where they're supposed to be. I I don't even know how many times you've been coach of the year and uh, you have extensive knowledge and experience in the automotive industry, parts, tires, all different facets of it. So, hi. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how I can live up to all that. So like, We're just it done. nice to be the queen, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't have anything else to say because like I just said everything about you. So there's that. So I asked you to join us today because you had an epiphany. And besides, it's just such a cool word. I love to say mm -hmm. that. And I love when I get them. I thought that we would take the time to share yours. I definitely appreciate that. Um, I'll start out with a question. Have you ever watched the Men Who Built America? Yes. And if you've, if, bluntly, if you've not watched it, you have to watch it. I mean, I actually went out and got the uh, DVDs and um, we watch it, me and my lovely lady, twice a year, at least. Um, it's got so much stuff in it about, you know, reaching into the universe and, and making it your own and getting what you want out of it and power and drive and focus and sales and i mean it's got everything right it does it does very inspirational uh, that it's like gosh makes you feel like such a lazy bum sometimes <laughs> when you you know i think gosh i just i nailed it this week i did all the things i wanted to plus some more i had some great ideas i facilitated some awesome stuff and i'm i i was having my best life this week and then i watched something like that and I'm like you have not done a thing. You have not accomplished anything. And 
<laughs> get back to the drawing board. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and just the sheer audacity of those people. I mean, so Vanderbilt, he had one, bought one boat. Okay, so we're he, not talking about Gloria, whose jeans I was a huge fan of in the 80s. Right. <laughs> okay. The pre-jeans, the pre-jeans Vanderbilt, right? Uh, yeah, we're, yes, 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 yes. Hopefully everyone knows I'm kidding. I, I, hopefully everyone knows that I'm joking. Well, well, you, well you do have highlights in your hair. So. <laughs> it's fairy hair. It's fairy I know, hair. I, I can tell that. Um, so he then has a massive shipping industry and he sells it and starts building railroads in the United States. It's like, wow, talk about a visionary. Um, you got Rockefeller. Um, he was a small time junior partner in a refinery. He, he literally is going bankrupt. He's going, he makes a, a appointment with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt says, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll meet with you. And he's going to beg for concessions on the railroads, putting kerosene onto the railroads. And he's going to, hopefully Vanderbilt will allow him to do this. The train that he's supposed to be on to get to that appointment goes off the track and kills everybody on it. And luckily he missed it. And if we all know Rockefeller and we do, he didn't miss trains, but he missed that one. He saw it as divine intervention. Think about that. Just flip a switch. Same guy, same guy now goes and meets with Vanderbilt and demands concessions and tells him flat out he'll fill up his trains with oil and standard oil was built. He ended up owning 95% of the refineries and oil in the United States. Now, that's a big deal because Congress then made him say, you got a monopoly. So we're going to break that into 34 separate companies. You know that we still know those companies to this day. And yes, we do. They've been recombining like ExxonMobil, <laughs> recombining <laughs> like BP. I mean, British Petroleum. Think about this. He owns British Petroleum. Okay. I don't think many people know that that's what BP stands for. I I, I would bet that less than ten percent of the listeners would know that. That's that's always like a trivia question on things, and no one seems to know that. And BP owns the uh, oil pipeline out of Alaska. Everybody thinks that British own it. No. Rockefeller's heirs own it. So um, they didn't make him sell it to anybody. He said it was the greatest business move that had ever happened because he was worth four times as much, Kim, four times as much after the split up. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy, right? It is. And then they, you're talking about Edison and, you know, he, everybody thinks he's Mr. Electric, but no, it was, it was uh, Nikolai Tesla. And they asked Einstein one time, said, what's it like being the smartest man in the world? And he's like, I don't know. You would have to ask Nikolai Tesla. So you've got Edison with direct current, Tesla with alternating current. You've got JP Morgan backing Edison and you've got Westinghouse backing Tesla. And we all know Tesla won, even though Edison's still known for electricity. <laughs> Gotta love the history books the way that they're they're orchestrated, right? I mean, how old were you before you actually heard of Tesla's name? 
Probably 30, I think. If not, yeah, probably 30, 30-ish, I would say. I mean, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. So J.P. Morgan and his infinite wisdom, he uh, backed Edison and Westinghouse and Tesla crushed him. So he turned around and since he was giving the money to the United States government, loaning at them and controlled the stock market, he killed Westinghouse's stock and walked into Westinghouse's office, held out his hand and Westinghouse handed him the, the uh, patent to alternating current. And the electric companies as we know them today was built. So you got J.P. Morgan that's electric, you got Rockefeller that's oil, and it's still gas against oil. You go, I don't, I don't care what your politics are. You go with Trump and you got Rockefeller oil. You go with Biden and you got J.P. Morgan electric. Raise the price on gas and let's have electric cars. Only we don't have an infrastructure that will support it. So the government will end up paying and who will end up getting so they, they bring up all these weird stuff, abortion and prayers in school, and they get us chasing our tail when it's still simply gas against electric. They just passed uh, in the Supreme Court where you can't mess with the electric companies now, but nobody even knows it passed because we're worried about abortion. I didn't hear anything about that on the electric. Isn't this crazy? So my epiphany was it. you can either chase your own tail and worry about where the ping pong paddles batten you based on the news, or you can just be the best person that you can be and do the best you can with what you got to work with in your own life because you're not going to compete with gas or oil. I mean, electric, you know, oil or electric. You're not, you're not messing with them on people on that level. So what can you have cause and effect on? Just yourself, right, Kim? Absolutely. I mean, isn't that crazy? I mean, have you ever thought about it that way? Not quite to that depth, but you know, there's always something in going on in the world. And I think that's the piece that people forget since the beginning of time, there's always been some type of conflict, some, you know, and the ebbs and flows of recessions and booms and crashes and so on and so forth. Right. And the the world is going to keep operating that way. And on, on a basic level, there's not much anybody can do about it. So not to say, we're not saying, because I can hear now, you're going to be, oh, Brian and Kim said, don't try to do anything because you're helpless or whatever. Not what we're saying. <laughs> you don't no. believe how people interpret things. So I, I just want to. <laughs> not what I said. No. Need to make it clear. Okay. That, yes, be, if you want to be an activist and you want to help whatever cause you believe in, go and volunteer, go and do things, go go forth, be happy, that fulfills you, and that's why you should do it. But not as a reaction to everything else that's going on. And, and as you said, when you spin your wheels, you're not looking at the things that are important. You know, you can even break it down on a really simple thing. I have a neighborhood Facebook page that... Any somebody could say the sunflowers look beautiful today and post a photo of a sunflower and 50 people will be on there in a second saying sunflowers and it are not native to this area of Florida and they use too much water because of the garden and then you're putting fertilizer and it's going to hurt the water. You know, somebody just was happy looking at a sunflower. So all these other people that just, I know, and I've seen it, I'm not making up uh, this even post, there's even worse. 
they get so wrapped up in this thing, like even just Facebook and about a sunflower. So go do something, go, go find a plant or suggest here's a plant that doesn't use as much water for us or whatever, <laughs> you know, but like what's going on in your family, in your home, where are your children, you know, are they getting a proper education? Are you improving yourself? How is your health and your mind and soul and, and all of that? You know what I mean? That's what we have to concentrate on, right? Not the sunflower. And that's so easy, right? About sunflower, you're not going to be oil or electric, right? There's just, there's not. You can make personal choices to say, this is what I believe in. This is, you know, where I think the future's going, but it can't dictate everything from, from, from your life. It's just crazy. And it comes more about taking a stand and trying to prove you're right than even what the issue is. The, the, the people arguing, it's not even about the issue anymore. It's proving your opinion is the right one. I think that as soon as as soon as you enter into the debate on whether you're right or you're wrong or you're you're you know politically, and if as soon as you enter into any kind of a political or a debate about anything like that, you lose because now you're you're no longer in the big picture. You're is a part of it. Yeah. So now that now you're in the trees and you're you're more worried about the trees than you are whether you should have been in the trees to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. So what are some tips that you have for our listeners today to keep your focus where it really needs to be? Well, I mean, I like to I like history because history tends to repeat itself a lot. Right. And like the, the men who built America and, you know, they Carnegie contracted with J.P. Morgan and got Morganized. OK, so Morganized means that he would come in and he would like business coach you weird way back in the day and he would show you how to make more money out of your business and of course back then the easiest way to make money out of your business was to squeeze your employees and there was a lot more people than there were jobs so you could squeeze your employees now fast forward with uh 10,000 baby boomers a day retiring for years now and there being way more jobs than employees, pretty much anything that was written before five years ago is wrong when it comes to dealing with employees. <laughs> I mean, because there's just way more em- jobs than there are employees instead of the other way around. Yeah, so- people aren't standing in line um, for food and waiting for a job and, you know, fist fighting over the one opening at the factory today. That That's not what's happening and but yet we still behave many of us as they are and that we're doing them a favor by employing them and giving them some kind of uh compensation (laughs) i mean it it is like um i i don't agree with you know some of the stuff that simon sinek says as far as you know we have to we have to empathize well no we have to hold them accountable you're gonna get me so much hate mail that you just said something about simon sinek okay i'm well, sorry well, but i mean you it's know, all I mean, good you know, he, he has that the, the the speech that broke the internet whatever that you know where he he's t- talking about how we have to baby people okay well no but we don't we're, we don't organize them either Okay, we don't squeeze them on this side and we don't baby them on this side. Always, you know, as soon as you get in that argument, you're going to, what about the middle? 
My my advice to people is to find the middle. You know, more than likely, 99 out of 100 times in the middle is where you need to be. And that's in the helicopter above. That's not arguing about what's going on inside of the trees. It's just, it's just figure out who you want to be when you grow up. And let's I'm, I'm smiling it. because it, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's just simple. You know, when, when you think about sometimes what do you need to be the best version of yourself, you know, today, it's like everything you learn in preschool or, you know, in your home growing up, right? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Don't take advantage of people. Don't steal. Don't lie. You know, and if you want something, you have to earn it, you know, work for it. It, it, it When you break it down to the, the, the <laughs> simplest levels, like if you have a discussion with any five-year-old or four-year-old right now about any anything, they're just, it's simple, right? Be nice to each other. Don't lie. <laughs> Don't steal. And if you want something, you have to earn it. And I don't know how everything got so convoluted. And trying to not squeeze your employees to death anymore, somehow people just ran with that. And not all people, but a lot of businesses still mentally ran with that and said, I can't have a free-for-all and everybody running amok. I cannot you know, be nicer to them or have a flexible schedule or change my hours because then they'll just do whatever they want all willy nilly. Right. And it's like, who, who said that you could still have parameters and guidelines. We need as a people that children need, that's why there's a set bedtime for children and, and other things. And that's, you know, for me, <laughs> we, yeah, we, we need structure as, as mm-hmm. uh, you know, people, there are rare people that do wonderful and without structure. And they're typically usually very creative types and think on an entirely different thing. And they stay up all night and do paint and whatever and sleep during the day. And that's what works for them. But most people need some kind of structure. And when you think about even with engagement things that we do, there's two things people want to know. How am I doing and what's next? What's next means there's some kind of structure, (laughs) right? Of Letting them know what's next. So how do you think this all got so lost? The pendulum, the pendulum swings, right? I mean, it's in it and it, unfortunately it's, it's going to, it swings in all things. And instead of us stopping it in the middle, I mean, we start arguing on one side or the other and, (laughs) and believing one side or the other. I mean, again, I like history, right? So I'll ask you: Do you know where the where the Democrat and Republican parties come from? Oh my gosh, you're going way back for. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I little bit of it, but I <laughs> certainly cannot. I don't remember all of my history. That well, was this one. Isn't, of, I, this isn't what's taught in. It's not the no. actual answer. Is not what's taught in class. So, I mean, you would actually have to actually go. Back to France and England. Okay, that I don't that that I don't know. So never I mean, heard that. That well, I mean, but that's where our, our that's where the parties come from. English mindset versus France, the you know, the French mindset. And, and they started they've been warring with each with each other since there was two of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they brought that 
oh wait, the 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 French helped you know, us win against, you know, in the civil war, right? I mean, in the revolutionary war. Right. So you got the, the people that believe that the English mindset and you got the people that believe the French mindset and the Democrat and Republican party were literally born. And Oh, by the way, they switched sides a number of times already. <laughs> Republicans what was that other sides. party years ago? It was like wig, the wig party. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's, it's, it's just funny how, if they can get you involved in whether you're Democrat or Republican, you're no longer in the helicopter. Your helicopter crashed and burned. <laughs> it's just that simple. Um, we should vote for people. We should hire people. I mean, you know, how he, he, this person's young, this person's old, this person's, you know, fat. I, I, I don't care if it's a man or a woman. I don't care what color, race, creed. They can eat bugs. I don't care. If they can sell or produce work, yes, let's hire them. Wait, you just give me an idea for a new ad, a, a help wanted ad. Do you eat bugs? So <laughs> we have a place for you. You know, it's if we have all these preconceived notions, I mean, when so we again, young, go back to preschool or younger from your parents or grandparents. Don't judge a book by its cover, right? I mean, we learned everything <laughs> we need to know when we were little. It, it's just basic. I know, but it was weird. The people who are telling us not to, to judge a book by the cover didn't like long-haired hippies. This is true. <laughs> so now that you're saying that, you just gave me a, because you know how my mind works and I see mm -hmm. things in pictures and all weird. So you know how I found out about Nicholas Tesla because the band Tesla came out with signs. They, they covered signs and I heard on the radio. And so I went and looked it up to see like where, you know, who the band is and whatever and stuff on Nicholas Tesla came up. So there's that. So see, look, everybody need, got all this information. They didn't need to know how I connected dots. The six degrees of <laughs> Kim Hickey's strange brain. So I, I know about Nick Tesla, Nicholas Tesla, because of the long haired freaky people song. I actually believe that. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. It would, this has to be true. No one can make up this nonsense. So I, I gave my uh, second-in-command 20 group a mission. I told them to go to Indeed.com, find a job on Indeed, put in automotive technician, and his search for their area. And if you're not in the automotive industry listening to this, you can do it for whatever you are. Correct. Well, it is maximum octane, so <laughs> it's got a it's got a little bit of an automotive. Blend we to do it. have some people that don't have anything to do with the industry. Well, it, so. it, it, it doesn't matter because there's way more jobs than there, there's way more than yeah, way more jobs than people. So it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You need people. So yep. go. So go, you need go to put go. it in there for Indeed, and then go for it. Then put in Indeed. Yeah you'll see one out of however many jobs available right there on the first page. And it was like 5,000, 2,000, 1,800, 500, 700. And it's probably bad, but in a really small town in, in Georgia, I'd only say Bodunk, Georgia, normally this little small town in Georgia, 7,000 people in the whole county, 24 automotive technician jobs still available. 
That's just the people that are paying Indeed. That's not ZipRecruiter. That's not Facebook. That's not Craigslist. That's just the people that are paying Indeed to be in front of you right now. And I said, so what's your plan? If we are missing that many employees right now, no matter what industry you're in, you're missing employees, what's your plan? And of course, it was crickets, right? Because what is it? I think when I looked the other day, it was like 11.6 million job openings and 6 million something. I forgot the number of people that were unemployed right now. So yeah, it's darn near you. almost two to one. And if you're unemployed, you just want to be. I'm sorry. You just want to be as far as I'm concerned. Well, but there are the people that go to school and then come out and want $200,000 to start and won't accept a job for less. So that means they want to be unemployed. That means they want to be unemployed. True. Good point. Good point. Um, So finally, somebody's like, well, in our area, Shops are starting to close Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and having four tens. It's still a 40-hour work week versus a 40-hour work week. And I'm like, the top of my head is like, blows off. I'm like, really? Okay, fine. Uh, I wake up on Wednesday morning going, am I going to talk about this? And I'm like, I, I actually am going to talk about this. And then I get to Thursday and I'm talking, I'll name names. I'm, uh, I'm talking to Supercoop, Mike Cooper from South Hanover Automotive. And he's like, I'll do you one better, boss. I'm going to give them a four-day weekend. I'm going to, I'm only going to run a crew Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 12-hour days, 36 hours. I'll pay them 40 hours. And come to find out from uh, Julie at AutoAid, she used to be a, a nurse. And when the nurses were going through their really, you know, the, the nursing shortage, shortage from a while ago, that's what they did. They went to three twelves. And paid them for 40 hours. Believe it or not, Purdue is doing something similar. They're, I think they're working in some of the factories. They can't find people. They're working three days a week. They're giving them full benefits and full pay as if they worked 40. And then he's like, but I've built this bad boy to be open. So I'm going to run two crews. I'm going to run Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I'm going to run Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And instead of doing 50, 60,000 a week, I'm going to do over 100 grand a week. Love it. Wow. Wow. And he, he's like, look at look at it this way. I didn't have to buy another business. People are going out there buying their second. I'm, I want to buy another shop. I bought another shop and I already paid for it. <laughs> I'm just going to open up two shops, but they're going to be in my same building. What do you think about that, Kim? I love it. I love it. We have some people that are pretty successful at that too. Like Scott Brown comes to mind right now. He used to does the shifts. And I believe he still does for, I, I don't know if it's the separate on the three days and three days, but I, I think during the day, but you mentioned something really good that I want to make sure everybody heard is everybody is always looking about expansion. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people want to expand. They want to expand their footprint. They want to, you know, get more of the market share and all of that. And when you're not maximizing the capacity of your physical building, you're not really being responsible if you open up something else. And I know there's people that will disagree with me and I don't care because Again, it is my show. You are the queen. (laughs) So there's that. But so many shops and businesses, any kind, when you really do, what is the physical capacity of this location? What was it built to do? 
a lot of people aren't even like 50% of what the actual capacity is. And there's a million excuses of because we don't have the manpower because, oh, these things are too close together. We can't fit another. We don't have enough parking. We don't, whatever. We can spend all day on that. But, you know, here's an opportunity to take the physical, the physicality of the building, the brick and mortar and generate an entire different business as you set out of it. So you're not having additional taxes. Your insurance will go up a little because of sales and payroll, but not as much as if you had a second location. Your electric might go up some, but not a ton amount. You know, water, all of those things. Your phone is going to be pretty much the same. Your internet's going to be the same. A lot of the things are going to stay static. And and so I think it's a brilliant thing to be doing myself. Well, and then I, I, I keep running into the people that keep telling me why something won't work. And my challenge for everybody is to quit telling me why stuff won't work and tell me why it will. So, and why it's a good idea as far as, you know, somebody's like, well, I don't have enough room for the extra boxes. I'm like, then get rid of all boxes and buy tools because we're the only stupid industry, automotive, I'm talking automotive, is the only (laughs) stupid industry that makes people buy their own tools. Well, a hair cutter might also, but that's about, you know, 300 bucks versus 30,000 bucks, you know what I mean? So why, why do we, why do they got to buy tools? Because we want them to spend on school to learn because we don't have time to train apprentices and, you know, we can't be bothered. So we want them to pay to go to school, to learn everything, to have them come in and say, even though you spent all that money to get the education I said you needed to hire you, I'm not going to pay you hardly anything because you don't have the experience. And oh, by the way, go buy ten dollars or $15,000 worth of tools. And the crazy thing... <laughs> What do you you actually say it out loud? Doesn't it just make you laugh? I mean, seriously, doesn't it? It's uh, it is crazy when you say it out loud, but I love, cause you know me, I like shiny things and things to be look, uh, the aesthetics of having everyone with the same exact toolbox and being able to line them up and being uniform is to me, very pleasing to the eye. I think when customers see it, when they come in and see it, it looks very organized, you know, and not, 50 different shapes and sizes, heights, whatever. And we don't have to be, when we do that, when we purchase the tools in the toolboxes, we don't have to be hung up on, oh, that's Brian's Bay. You can't pull anything in there. Brian's Bay might be empty for four hours because he's waiting on something, but you can't touch Brian's Bay because that's where Brian's stuff is. That's where Brian's toolbox is or Kim's toolbox or whatever, which is nonsense. it It should be fluid and you should be able to move through it. And anybody should be able to pull up in any open bay when there is a vehicle to be looked at and know that, you know, 10 millimeter socket is in whatever draw on the right hand side and so on and so forth. And so there's so many things for production alone when you're providing the tools. And that's not even getting into the stickiness of somebody coming to work for you that they don't have to lay that out. They don't have to have that as part of their budget. So when they're looking at their money and how much they need, they they no longer have to say, I need to spend X amount of money on tools per year. And I I'm such an advocate for that. I just. And they can't write them off anymore. And we can. Yep. I mean, think about that. Oh, and then transfer work. Oh, I can't do it because how would I transfer from Wednesday to Thursday? And I'm like, <laughs> well, it, first off, think about this for just a second. 
you there we we have shops that are literally a week booked, two weeks booked right now. Yes. I'd say the average probably right now, sadly, is three weeks, which that's I'm, I'm, be... try, I'm, try, I'm trying to I'm trying to be realistic. OK, so now think about this for just a second. You now opened up another business inside of your business. So now we're not three weeks booked anymore. And there's going to be this suction sound from all of the other shops that are telling people two or three weeks. And now all of a sudden we can actually get it in and done this week. And we're doing 12 hour days. So we don't have that bounce rate. Every time you bounce somebody from one one car to another car, or you stop for lunch or whatever, that's 30 minute minimum to get going again. Oh, when you're waiting for a part, when you're all of that. So. So 12 hour days. Okay. And just don't start the stupid car on Wednesday if you're not going to get it done on Wednesday. You know, you know what's funny about that though? And we have this conversation with, and this we can have a ton of episodes on this, even with remote service advisors and all. And how are we going to handle it? What if somebody's not? We do this all the time when somebody's sick or has to take off for something. Somehow, miraculously, we transfer that job to another person. Sometimes even with it started, if somebody's out sick the next day or gets hurt or a family member does whatever, we can do it. So how come we could do it for that instance, but not when it's planned on purpose? I see it just it tell me, I mean, everybody keeps, well, it won't work. And, and, and I'm like, no, I, I, I'll be honest. When I got off the stupid meeting with my second in commanders and, and, you know, they're telling me four day work week, I'm, I'm an old tired person. And I have, I worked 25 years on the front line doing six days a week. And now you're telling me that I, these mammy pammy people, I'm going to have to pay them four days and, and they're going to have a life and what happened to my life? And I am, and, and I'm tossed and turned on, on Tuesday night and my lovely lady's elbowing me and kicking me. And, <laughs> and I wake up on Wednesday morning. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not talking about it. And then I get out of the shower and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to talk about it. And you know, it's, it's a lot to get your mind wrapped around, but if you don't have a plan on getting and keeping people in whatever industry you're in, you're going to be left behind. Well, lucky for those people, there are lots of other people wanting to expand because they were doing the right thing. And so Mm -hmm. they'll be able to buy your business and, you know, make you a smoking deal for, for it. So, you know, there's that plus side of it. The other thing that you didn't mention, or if you did, I wasn't listening. The, the stickiness for the customer Right. Because how many people there are nurses, there are other people that work late, that work different things. You and I don't have a regular job. We're like, oh, we're going to be gone for three hours and then we'll be back and pick up our work. We have schedules and meetings and different things that we can't just go in the middle of of the day. Right. So Mm -hmm. just even for someone like us to be able to take our vehicle at six o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night or whatever, there are a lot of people that work night shift that, I mean, so many things that if you can make it convenient for them or you know, somebody, a parent doesn't want to schlep 10 kids to go get the car fixed, right? They can wait till whoever else comes home from work and watch the kids and then you can go and do it. So there's so many benefits even in it for your external customers and of course the internal customers. So 
Well, we solved, I think, about 15 of the world's problems right now <laughs> in, in our time together right now. And I think that maybe they should put running the country in charge, us in charge of that, because we could get a lot done. Look, look at how many problems we solved. In, but they won't allow a king and queen to run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's that. There's that. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, we we kicked those English people to the curb, right? <laughs> Don't take the J out of joy, Brian. I'm I'm just gonna, you know, kind of think about this. So if anything, anybody walks away with anything today is think about what's possible. Don't get down in the weeds. Don't waste your time on things that are not gonna move you forward, your family forward, your dreams forward. Get get out of there. Get out of there. It's quicksand. It's like quicksand terrible. Oh, yes. You know, I, my it's on the bottom of every one of me, my emails. What you put in is what you get out. In other words, whatever you focus on, you're going to hit. What you think you're going to become. I mean, all of those stupid things that everybody's so tired of hearing about, but yet they quit looking in the mirror for whatever reason. Again, they, they did. So listen to what your mama or your daddy or your grandparents told you when you're growing up. It's It's just, it's so much simpler then we make it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, I have to have you back because we we really are making subtraction in this short amount of time on solving a million problems. And so <laughs> every single thing we talked about could be another five hours on, on just things. So I appreciate you joining me today. Well, the next epiphany I have, I will give you a quick call. Oh, yes, please. And then I can, we could play six degrees of separation and I can tell you how your epiphany led to a song title and me discovering something. So long, so long as the saints keep marching in, we're okay. Oh my gosh. Maybe that'll have to be a new segment of this show is how do I connect what someone just said to a song? Well, that one time at band camp, I heard a, so oh. I never went to band camp, but sounding good. Uh, Okay, good. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Okay, so everybody, I will uh, be back next week as usual. So in the meantime, stay safe, make good choices, and stay inspired. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can. 